Our merciful God, we come seeking your wisdom and your grace, and we ask that you would be with us, that you would bless our time, bless our conversation. May it be edifying, may it be seasoned with grace, and may it be built on truth, we pray in Christ's name, amen. Okay, so the the Becoming Infamous Brett talks. So while Isaac's not uh, in town, when he's not able to be here, we're... um, I, and I'm teaching Sunday school. Uh, I'm working really hard at um, being banned from teaching Sunday school. So, I, uh, so I, I, we're delving into some kind of current issues, topics that people are asking questions about, things that are starting to infiltrate parts of the church, and people have questions. Um, I, I didn't know what else to call these. Isaac came up with Brett Talks, so blame him. Um, but in, at the end of January... Uh, the last Sunday in January, I started looking at uh, CRT and intersectionality, and then I just left you hanging. And all we really had time to do on that first first one was start to define terms, uh, set the stage. I, I, you know, I, I talked at the end about how racial tensions are are really everywhere through history. This is this is an age old problem, tribalism uh, being scared, mistreating people who look different, act different, speak different, things like that. That's as old as time. And, uh, and the United States by no means is the only one to have this in its history. Uh, by no means is the only one. It's just part of our history. It doesn't mean it's okay, but it does mean that, okay, let's just talk about it. Um, and then at the end, uh, we talked about pitfalls that we need to avoid uh, while talking about this. And so uh, real quick, let's review a little bit. First of all, uh, what is CRT? What does it stand for? Critical race theory. And what is it? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, it, it is. It's a philosophy. It's a worldview. It's a belief system, right? Um, it, it believes, first of all, that racism is primarily corporate not individual. It believes that racism is a white problem. Uh, in other words, you can only be racist if you're white. Uh, it, it believes that America is systemically racist, which means that its laws and institutions are fundamentally racist. Uh, and, that, um, and that people, and the last thing it believes is that people should be rewarded uh, not on the basis of their labors, but that all people should receive the same outcome, what they call equity. That's not the historic meaning of equity, but it is the way that that word is being used today and thrown around. Uh, Equality of outcome, not equality of opportunity. And then we moved into intersectionality. What is intersectionality? Okay. It's a sort of social credit system, right? or in a sense, an inverse social credit system. It believes that society isn't just structured around race, that yes, that's part of it, but it would add to that um, uh, uh, social class, gender, um, sexual orientation, uh, numerous other facets, and some of those uh, intersectionality will say afford privilege, and some bring oppression. And, And the way intersectionality works is that the more uh, of those facets in your life 
that lead to oppression, the more social credit you have, and the more that lead to privilege, the less social credit you have. The more social credit you have, the more you are allowed to speak and worth listening to. The less social credit you have, the more you need to be silent. Um, so those are kind of, that was what we, that's very short summary of what we looked at last time. Uh, you can go back and listen to that. Now, before we start, let's just remember that these are sensitive, uh, emotional topics. Uh, they elicit fear, and with fear always comes anger, absolutely. Um, and so we want to do our best to discuss them charitably and honestly. Uh, we want to speak the truth, but always speak the truth what? In love. Uh, we want to remember the command to outdo one another in showing honor, Romans 12.10. Uh, that doesn't mean we want to make excuses. It doesn't mean we want to promote lies, but we always want to discuss the truth in a way that honors our God. Um, today, I want to start asking whether or not these views are compatible with Scripture. Um, there are some Christians, there are well-known pastors and leaders who are embracing, at least in part, some of the tenets and, and arguments of CRT and intersectionality. And, and I think... Uh, we need to address that because I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay my cards on the table. I believe they are wholly incompatible with the Bible. And so I want to start explaining today why. I don't think we're going to, well, I know we're not going to get through it because I didn't prepare everything. I have, I have thoughts for next time. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to get through my notes this time. So we'll, we'll start. But um, today I just want to start laying out where I think they, they, at a foundational level, are incompatible with Scripture. That doesn't mean every concern they bring up is invalid, but what we're going to address is the solution they offer. Now, um, the first thing that I think is essential um, and important to, to, to deal with is how the world is defined under CRT and intersectionality. Um, and I think Steve's right. These are, these are belief systems. These are worldviews. You could say they are religions. Um, under these, what is the most important thing about you? Okay. Okay. Uh, well, we would say that that's true, but, what, I mean, but under their system, what do they articulate is the most important thing about John Buma or, or, or Gary Brown or, or so on? Like Each person, what's the most important thing about you under those systems? What do they say is the most important? The group or groups, plural, right? So in other words, the most important thing about you is you start to take up, are you male or female? Uh, what's your skin color, your ethnicity, right, your sexual orientation, your, you know, things like this, right? Those become the most important things about you, and they will start to define you and how you relate to everybody else under these systems. I'm not saying that, right? In other words... These views um, start with what divides or fractures humanity. That's where they start. 
Now, I'm not trying to deny that humanity is fractured. I, I, obviously, I'm not. We are. Uh, it's sad. Um, but that's very different from saying that we should be. And, and obviously, our beliefs are, are, are going to separate us. We believe there are sheep and goats. I, don't, don't get me wrong. But um, what they're saying is, is the most important thing about you is, and should separate you and define you and distinguish you from other people is your skin color, your gender, your, your gender identity, your, your orientation, and things like this. You know, that's just as racist as whites saying that about blacks because of this. I'm a Heinz 57. My grandmother was half Indian, mm -hmm. and my grandfather was a Scotsman, and plus other things in there. So, you know, that's just as racist saying that about, oh, that's a white person, therefore they are. Well, I, I, we're going to get there, and very much, because of what they say about it, I, and, I, I, and, and, and by the end, today, I hope to get to, to I, I think, some key points there. Um, but I'm not even getting to the point now what they do with that. I mean, I, I guess in a sense, I, but, but really, their starting point is what defines humanity is what makes humanity different from each other. That's an interesting starting point, isn't it? Because the most fundamental truth about you is what divides you from others, not what unites you to others. That's, that, that's a key point. Yeah, Gail? Right, but see, here's the thing is, if you start with what distinguishes, it divides. If you start with what unites and then talk about what distinguishes, you see, that's a fundamental difference. If, you're, if your most fundamental identity issue is what makes you different from other people, that will inevitably and necessarily divide. Yeah. That's broken or that's wrong internally with each individual person. They're trying to lump it all together into a, into a corporate. Absolutely. You're right. Because, because those differences create different corporate bodies. And, and are, those are then defined around those corporate dis differences, right? And, and corporate versus individual runs throughout the whole discussion, absolutely, without, without a doubt. But it, what it creates is m little, small communities based upon distinctions and differences. And those become the most definitive features about who you are. Um, they, they ignore what we have in common. What is it that we have in common? Which is? Okay, right. The image, right. What, what makes man different from all other created species, all other animals, right, is that we alone bear the image of God. And that's what unites all of mankind. That's the fundamental, fundamental starting point about what makes man, man.
is that we are created in God's image. Okay? Um, we, I, we looked at this a few weeks ago in the sermon in Ephesians 4. I, um, uh, I did that the week of the annual meeting. And, and I brought up the example how James does this, right? In James chapter 3, how he sees the consequence of being made in God's image for how we relate to each other. Remember, James says this, No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. He says these things should not be so. And what he's saying is, is we shouldn't be cursing each other because we all bear the image of our God. And if we, if we curse God's image bearers, we're cursing the God in whose image man has been made. So this is, the, this is, this is where, where James starts. He says, how are we going to relate to each other? How are we going to treat each other with dignity and respect and honor? Well, it's starting by recognizing what unites us, what makes us similar, and that is we bear the image of our God. Yes, John. Right, right. And he, and he goes in there, right? And, and, and Paul will do the same thing in Galatians with, with slave or free, social caste, uh, Jew or Gentile, ethnicity, male or female gender, right? He'll say, what, you know, we find our unity. And, and I'm going to get hopefully into that next time or the time after. Eh, you know, <laughs> we're free-flowing here. Uh, but, but that has to be our fundamental starting point, not what divides us, but what unites us. And if we don't, then our starting point will be division. No. Right. Right. But if what divides is greater than what unites, division wins. If what unites is greater than what divides, then unity wins. Where's your starting point? What's the most fundamental reality about humanity? Um, any philosophy that starts with making us, uh, with what makes us different, uh, cannot bring unity and, and ultimately can't bring respect. Um, it will elevate some and it will subjugate others. And, and because there's no image of God in CRT, in intersectionality, all they're left with is differences. Um, and, and, and those differences inevitably will become weaponized. Uh, and rather than serving those who are different, the goal will, will become subjugating those who are different. And that's the problem. And that's the fruit of denying the image of God as our most fundamental reality. But that's not the only thing uh, that, that we all have in common that they deny. Uh, can anyone guess another thing that we all have in common, all, all mankind has in common, that is denied within CRT inter intersectionality? One is the dignity of being made in God's image. Hmm? The second one says denies original sin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when well, you just look at the outline, you know, answers jump off the page, literally. Yeah, so... Okay, so original sin. The next point is, is there's a denial of original sin. What is original sin? 
Okay, well, Adam gave us, which is? Okay, well, it's, it's more than that. It, it, uh, so it's not just the, the original sin, the first sin. Original sin gets so, to something even deeper, which is he doesn't just get, bring sin into the world, bring consequences. He also brings the corruption of sin into humanity so that when we're born, are we born fundamentally doing what is right or what is wrong? Are we born with a bent towards righteousness or towards sin? Absolutely. Yes. It's a consequence of an action. But when Adam sins and becomes corrupt, the entire human race, born by ordinary generation, there's one human, not born by normal ways, who avoids this, this corruption. But everyone else, anybody, oh, real quick, who is that one person? Jesus. Right. The second out. Right. But, um, this is always, you know, something that's really interesting with, with new parents is, is, is on one hand, they, they believe that we're all born in our sin. But then their new child is born and they think, oh, he's so precious and perfect and could do, no, he's a sinner! Because, you know, the child is completely selfish. Uh, serve me, serve me. And then they get a little bit older and they start, no one teaches them how to hit people, but they just hit and steal. And you're like, who taught you how to hit and steal? And then they lie about it. And you're thinking... Who taught you to hit, steal, and lie? They inherit it from us. Original sin is the corruption. So, so on one hand, there's something that unites all humanity, which is dignity, the dignity of being made in the image of our God. But there's something else that unites all humanity, and it's the humiliation of being born sinful and bent towards sin. Corrupt. So, how is that at odds with the philosophies promoted by CRT and intersectionality? One, there's no focus on God. Okay. Okay. Well, and, and maybe if you really went far back in history, but I don't think that's even articulated. In other words, um, the way things are being articulated right now is there are some groups that are just inherently innocent and some who are inherently guilty. That, that and again, this goes back to what John said, corporate, right? The focus is on corporate, but there is... There is group guilt and group innocence. There's group corruption and, and, and group righteousness. Um, so some groups are just wrong. They're born that way. They can't help but be that way. And some groups aren't. And they're born that way. And they're just... But there, there are... There's, there's corporate guilt assigned to portions of humanity, but not all of humanity. Whereas original sin says, no, 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 there's corporate guilt assigned to all of humanity equally. That this is a human problem, not a gender problem or a race problem or, or a wealth problem. Yeah, Caleb. Yeah, I think that's 
There's, there's a presumption of guilt or a presumption of innocence depending upon what group you're a part of, right? So, let's, let's, um, so, so having prioritized, right, uh, what makes us different, right, which is ethnicity or, or gender or sexuality or, or, or whatever, these philosophies then go on to say that there are certain groups who are naturally and always oppressors, and there are certain groups who are naturally and always oppressed, okay? Um, and so... And this is, so we see this, we saw this last time, that um, um, the, the, the Anti-Defamation League re, has, has actually redefined, not that you can, I mean, reality is reality, but, but in their literature, they have redefined racism as a white problem. So, so you can't, according to their definition, if there's a racist in the room, it's the white guy. It's only, that's the only possibility. Now, he might be, and he might not. But when you start that way, there's, there's an inherent guilt in one color and an inherent, you know, and, and so on. Uh, you could, um, it, so it does, it leads to judgments, right? Um, that if a white police officer shoots a black person, then it must be racism. But if a black police officer shoots a white person, then it can't be. Well, I would simply say it may or may not be in both situations. The facts have to bear it out. Not presumption, not just assumptions that we bring. Um, if a man is paid more than a woman, the assumption then has to become it's because of, of gender oppression. There, there's, there's no researching of, is he better qualified? Right? He might be oppression. It might be uh, prejudice. We don't know. But, but when the assumption is there, simply based upon it, What's happened is guilt gets assigned to certain groups and always and never to other groups. And so original sin is now not a universal human reality, but limited to certain groups. Uh, and so these views can uh, remove all individuality from the discussion. The, the, the facts of a particular case, the individual people involved, uh, what you do doesn't really matter anymore. What, what matters is the color of your skin, your gender, or so on. Uh, and, if, and so in, in these views, if, if you're white or male or straight, you must be doing something wrong. And, and if you're not white or you're female or gay, you must be doing something right. Um, and, and I'm not saying that, that white people don't do wrong. I'm not saying that men don't mistreat women. I, I, I'm not saying that straight people haven't been very hateful and mean in their treatment of their fellow humans. What, quite the opposite. <laughs> Those are all true. And it goes back to the fact that we are all born in our sin and mistreat each other. What I'm saying is no one's exempt from that. <laughs> Not that those things aren't true, but that no one's exempt from that. Um, being born non-white or female or gay doesn't suddenly insulate you from doing wrong or mistreating others. We are all sinful. We are all fallen. And I realize I just said something. Every, I'm not saying people who are born gay. Don't, don't follow me down that road. Okay, okay. I, I realize you're, all the radars are going up. That's not, what, that's not the point here. The point is, 
is, is the groups that we're a part of uh, don't automatically make us guilty in any one situation or innocent in one situation. Um, we're all bent towards serving ourselves at the expense of others. That shouldn't be shocking. For anyone who is remotely in, honest with their own hearts, the idea that we tend to serve ourselves and find ways to justify it shouldn't be shocking. More than this, the idea that one race is inherently better or less prone to, to evil, that's racist. The idea that one gender is inherently better and less prone to evil is sexist. The idea that those who are living sinful lifestyles are better than those who aren't is a fundamental denial of morality. It, it, it's the very thing that, that God has, has uh, confronted since the beginning, calling evil good and good evil. And so I'm going to be, try to be 100% clear. CRT and intersectionality, their denial of the image of God and original sin lead them to be racist, sexist, and immoral. The denial of original sin and the image of God lead them to be sexist, racist, and immoral. And that's, the, that's where it leads when you don't start with how God has created us, who we are, and the problem that Adam and Eve's sin brought into the world. I'm not saying that I, as a straight white male, am better I'm simply saying that those things don't necessarily make me worse. <laughs> because we're all miserable sinners in need of grace. We are all miserable sinners in need of grace. Yes. To a certain extent. Exactly. They, they would say that, but their understanding of unity. Is... I, I, I want to probably next time, it's like, well, great, I won't be here. Uh, maybe you will, who knows? Uh, uh, I, I do think that the quest for unity proclaimed in theory is denied in, in the solutions offered. Um, because there's, there's a very definite push against unity. Uh, so anytime it's sought, uh, bad motives are assumed and it becomes discouraged. But that's getting way ahead of ourselves. Um, way ahead. Uh, and, and, and it does lead uh, to, to, to the uh, next issue, which I want to get into, so that, that's foundational issues. Denial of the image of God, denial of original sin. Um, where I, I want to take a turn right now and talk about justice. Why do you think that this is important? God's God. Okay, I like that. That's a good answer. 
uh, because God's a just God, because justice matters to God. And we should be just as fallen Absolutely. But is that the only reason to bring it up in, in light of this discussion? In other words, um, what, what term are these two groups often identified with? Social justice, right? They are uh, at least connected, uh, if not inseparably so, with, with the social justice movement. And as such, uh, justice, right, appears to be at the forefront of their concerns, okay? And so I think it's exceedingly important to ask, okay, so what is justice, and is that actually what's being promoted and sought after uh, in, in these movements? And so I was going to ask, okay, is justice important? But Gary's already said, absolutely, because God's a just God. And how many of you have memorized Micah 6.8? Okay. Few hands. Uh, he has shown you, oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love mercy and to walk kindly with your God, right? Or humbly with your God. Humbly, sorry. Absolutely. Uh, God commands us to seek justice. He hates injustice. Uh, much of his law in, in, in Deuteronomy and Leviticus is, is all about addressing uh, people who are in power oppressing those who aren't. Um, God hates oppression. He says this in Leviticus 19, You shall not do injustice in your court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. God says, I demand justice. I demand truth. Not who's my buddy or, or who do I have the most to gain from. I hope we all agree that God is a God of justice and that it is important to him. What was that passage? That's Leviticus 19.15. Yeah. But what is justice? That's the question. What is it? It's, it's the equal treatment of, of people under a law, citizens of a, of, a, of, a, of a nation, regardless of their ethnicity, their gender, their wealth, their social standing, and their relationships. Um, justice means applying uh, a fair law. First, firstly, the law must be fair. Are there unjust laws? Yes, ab absolutely. Okay. But justice is the applying of fair laws equally to all the people. Um, in other words, there aren't two different sets of laws, one for the wealthy and one for the poor, one for one ethnicity, one set of laws, another set of laws for another ethnicity. Uh, no one is judged more severely and no one is left off the hook because of how they look or how much money they have or who they know. With the justice, then, the question is not what color is your skin or, or who are your parents, but did you break the law? With justice, that's the question. But, but that's not what, what CRT and intersectionality promote. Um, they, they're, they're, they're built upon the found, and, and, and they'll admit this, at least some, uh, uh, 
will admit that it's built on the philosophy of whom? Marx. Yeah, Karl Marx. And Karl Marx organized all of society and his views around the, the oppressors, those who have power, and the oppressed, those who don't have power. And, and those who sit in power, those who have money, he says, are, are necessarily, by having these things, um, or, or, or sorry, they, they have these things necessarily by oppressing people, that there's no possible good reason somebody could have money, more money than somebody else. And so therefore, those who don't have money or power necessarily don't have those because they have been mistreated. They have been oppressed by others. In other words, everything is seen corporately. And so uh, oppression is not defined by acts of oppression per se, but by the act of possessing. Likewise, if you're lacking, if you, if you're, if you don't have something, it's necessarily because you've been oppressed regardless of your reason for lack. Um, CRT and intersectionality take this farther and say that all people within certain groups of color, gender, sexuality, or whatever are seen as guilty of oppression or victims of oppression regardless of what they have done individually. So it doesn't matter how you became poor. It doesn't matter if you committed a crime. All that matters is what color your skin is, what your gender is, and so on. Because these define you and then therefore they define your guilt or your innocence. Uh, guilt or innocence become corporate. You're part of a guilty group or an innocent group. And that's not justice. Um, for, for justice to exist, there has to be personal responsibility. And I'm not saying that there are never corporate consequences. We see this in war, right? Um, uh, if, if a country wins a war, uh, the freedom of the people is established. Uh, if they lose, there's reparations that be, have to be paid, and, and, and that affects everybody. Um, but that's not talking about the system of justice within a nation. Uh, the principle here is what Ezekiel is, is defining when he says, the soul who sins is the soul that shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father for the injustice of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. There's this idea here. It's like, no, no, you don't, you don't punish Bob for what Tom did. Uh, and this is the principle of all citizens standing equally before the law. Everybody has a right to be heard, uh, to defend, uh, and, and so on. Uh, that's necessary for justice to exist. Um, but you'll hear a language in, in, in the literature and the discourse of CRT and intersectionality being pursuing equity. And again, they, this isn't meant in the historical sense of equal treatment. Okay? The, the term itself, historically, is actually a great term. You know, let there be equity, let there be equal treatment, equal opportunity. That's not how it's being meant today. Because when it's being used today, it's talking about uh, Equity of outcome, equality of outcome. Um, in other words, the, the promotion here is all people should have the same income regardless of skill, work ethic, education, or, or whatever. All people should have the same amount of money regardless of whether or not they save, make sacrifices, or not, or squander it. 
Um, Proverbs 21, 20 says, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. What's that, what's that mean? It, it, well, right, it, it, it's... It's the Bible's version of what we, you know, all, you know, a fool and his money are soon, are soon parted, right? That, that it's not hard to squander. It's hard to save, to put away, right? Uh, it takes sacrifice uh, and, and discipline. Um, you know, uh, when uh, Emma was applying for financial aid, right, one of the questions becomes, okay, well, how much money do you have in the bank? And, and your financial aid is often dependent upon that. So in other words, a family who saves money is, is worthy of less financial aid. So if that family just picked up, went to Hawaii for a month, spent their entire, call, you know, 20 years of savings, right, went out to nice dinners and everything and came back and applied, they'd get more financial aid. And you think, hmm, Right, uh, that that whereas 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 scrimping and saving and and, and putting that's hard work that takes sacrifice. But if you say, well, that doesn't matter. All that matters is how much you have. Then you're saying, don't don't sacrifice, don't scrimp, don't save. If if money comes in, spend it. Which of course the Bible says is foolishness. That's folly. Um. The Bible's not saying that the only reason for being in want is folly. It's not saying that that's the only reason. It's not denying theft, mistreatment, or things like that. It's simply acknowledging that folly does lead to being in want. Um, it's not hard to see uh, when somebody inherits a large sum from their parents or grandparents and they don't have wisdom how fast that life savings can be spent. And gone through. In other words, what the Bible is simply saying is reality itself brings a form of justice. You can't avoid it. That foolish living will lead to suffering. It's not the only thing that leads to suffering, but it is one of the things. And if you ignore the facts of an individual case, quote unquote, in the name of justice, you're not pursuing justice we don't uh, judge someone to be an oppressor just because they've scrimped and saved sacrificed you know they've gone to you know thrift stores they've 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 you know stayed home and made meals rather than going out to fancy restaurants we don't say well, you're, well that's oppressive well that's just that's just good living that's smart Likewise, we don't judge someone guilty because of the color of the skin, nor do we judge them innocent. If you're shouting about the miscarriage of justice before you have the facts, you're not actually pursuing justice. If you're saying so-and-so is innocent because of the color of their skin, or so-and-so is guilty because of the color of his skin, you're not actually pursuing justice. That's not really what's being pursued. If you say someone is, is guilty because he's black or innocent because of he's black or, or a, a police officer is guilty or innocent because of his skin color or automatically absolved because of his skin color, if you judge him guilty or innocent based upon the color of his skin, that's the exact opposite of justice 
It's not pursuing justice. Um, so let me just say real quick what I, I think is driving this in, in the couple of minutes that remain. In his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, uh, CRT proponent uh, Ibram X. Kendi wrote, the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination, and the only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. What's he saying? Yeah, that what, what we don't need to do is end oppression. We need to change who has power, who's oppressing, and who's oppressed. That's the goal. Huh? Getting equal outcomes over time. Over time, yeah. But that's a fallacy too. They really mean just the opposite. Well, yeah, I, 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 you know, of course, the question becomes, okay, so you know, once somebody's in power, when do they give it up? Uh, oh, it's my turn to be right. Um, he's saying that there's discrimination in the past. Is that true? Of course, it's true. Uh, history is full of examples of racism and, and other acts of hatred um, against ethnicities, against women, uh, against the poor, and the United States is certainly not innocent. Neither is it alone, but our, we have our examples of slavery, of Jim Crow. Many examples can be heaped up publicly and privately. Um, I don't think any objective observer could look at history and deny discrimination. No one who, who looks at God's word honestly can applaud that discrimination. It's unjust, it's oppressive, it's wicked, it's sinful. That's not where I take issue with Mr. Kendi. It's his solution that I take issue with. Because his solution isn't justice, it's vengeance. It's not the removal of discrimination. It's simply the changing of who, where it's pointed. In other words, the last thing that he's promoting here is a world free from discrimination, where everyone is judged by his own actions, a world of justice. Uh, he wants the present generation to pay for the sins of past generations. Um, and quite frankly, you know, that would mean also individual groups to pay for the sins of particular individuals who do, uh, of those groups who have done wrongs. So all white people to pay for the sins of some white people, regardless of whether their ancestors fought for slavery or against it, uh, regardless of when their parents immigrated, their, grand, their ancestors immigrated. It's corporate guilt, it's corporate discrimination, it's payback regardless of personal action and personal guilt. And when people are excused from responsibility in a particular case because uh, of wrongs um, in another case, that's not justice. And, and what I mean by that is, is you hear sometimes uh, pe people say, when you look at a situation, you say, that's wrong. They say, yeah, but look at what happened over there, right? Burning someone's store because there was a miscarriage of justice a thousand miles away is not bringing justice. It's adding to the injustice. It's like trying to save someone's life by poisoning somebody else. 
all you end up was, with is two deaths. Vengeance is not justice. It's an attempt at peace through violence, and it will always fail to deliver. Our God tells us, vengeance is mine. Um, uh, he entrusts the, carriage of the, 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 the carrying out of justice to the state and to the church. But, but when, you, when, when one act of injustice is done in response to another, that's not the pursuit of justice. That's the multiplication of injustice. The only way to bring justice is to address the injustice directly. Um, and so any system that's based upon the proliferation of injustice is incompatible with the Bible. And, and, and that's at the foundation uh, of, of what's being promoted. And, and it's for that reason, yeah, Charlie. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and so so really, my goal this time with and you're, you're you're spot on there at that that final point, right? Is is in in one sense today is it's incompatible with God's law. Next time we're also going to see it's incompatible with gospel. Um, but but yeah, it it. I think you got here a little bit late, but our starting point was there's a fundamental denial of the image of God, and with that comes a a a, a system that that begins with division, not unity, um, and then and then a denial of original sin, which which uh, begins to exonerate. Sinners of sin when it shouldn't. And, and don't get me wrong, we're all capable of doing this, but our, our scriptural foundation says we're wrong. We're wrong if we start with these, with these foundational points and we need to repent and humble ourselves. And, and, but, but, and, and, and hopefully before we're all done, and I know, I know we're over time, Hopefully we're all done. You'll, you'll hear me say this many times. It's not that I disagree with all of the concerns. Some of the concerns, yes, I very much disagree with. Right? It's the remedy. Just because you've identified a real problem doesn't mean your solution is correct. Right? If somebody comes to you and hears that you're stuffy, you have a stuffy nose, they might be spot on. But if they say, you know, inhale this Drano, it'll clean your nose out, that doesn't mean they have the right remedy. Right, um, the, the the remedy is actually far worse than the problem in that situation. Just because you've rightly identified a problem doesn't mean you have the solution. And denying the problem doesn't help bring a solution. So one final thought, and then we've really got to close in prayer. So then, what are the perspectives? Since many of these proponents claim the name of Christ, that is the Christian imperative to restructure.
Yeah, I, I might have to say talk to me privately or bring that up next time. Um, that's the, yeah. Just one quick question, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, look, I, I believe the Lord holds us all accountable for the decisions we make. And, uh, what I'm trying to... I, I think there's right ways to respond. I, hopefully before we're all done, you know, there'll be more talk or talks. Uh, can try to get into some of that. But what I'm trying to say is... Is, is let's let this is one solution that's being promoted, and even by some within the church, and and fundamentally it is incompatible with the Bible. It can't be the solution. So I'm going to close in prayer, and then let everybody else come up and tar and feather me later. All right. Our gracious God, we thank you that we could have this time uh, to look at tough issues, and we ask that you would be pleased to first and foremost humble our hearts, help us to search our own sin out, confess it, and repent. Um, but in doing so, may we never uh, deny your truth, your word, but may we seek it out with all that we have so that we might think your thoughts after you and walk your ways every day of our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for your time.